Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Our Father, tonight Holy Spirit, as we come to this most important time in the Christian calendar, where we recall and remember the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the impact of his life. Father, we ask that you lead us by your Holy Spirit so that we understand and realize how much you have done on our behalf. We pray, O Lord, that as we look into your word today, Father Almighty God, the freedom that Jesus brought us, the freedom for us to be your children, for us to walk with you, for us to be all that you have designed us to be, for us to be just like you and eventually to be with you. Eternal Rock of Ages, may it become clear to all who listen, all who listen currently and all who listen on the podcast. Eternal Rock of Ages, we ask this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen and Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening, everybody. Um, I really hope you've had a great week um, so far. It's humbling to be back. And let's just dive into the word um, as we go tonight. And this week is special. This week is Easter week as we come into the remarkable celebration of Easter. And so, ladies and gentlemen, let's we're going to dive into the word and we're going to look at um some of the things that Jesus has done on our behalf, also tying into the fact that the newness of heart that we've learned about over the last few weeks and how we become new, we'll have a look at that tonight as we look at what Jesus has made possible. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to ask that we turn, please, to, in our Bibles, to John chapter 8, and we'll start at verse 32. Um, I will read in the King James Version of the Bible, um, John chapter 8, and we're going to read verse 32, and this is what the, the Bible says. And the Bible says the following, and Jesus is speaking, and he says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Please also turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14. And we'll read from 1. John 14 verse 1. Jesus is speaking and he's just about to depart. And he says the following. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. Verse five, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. How can we know the way? And this is a really important statement. And it's this. Jesus says the following. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, that's one of the most, that's a really important. So let's put those two scriptures together. In John 8, verse 32, Jesus says, you shall know the truth. That means you shall come into relationship with the truth and the truth will make you free. That is the truth of God's word. And we realize that Jesus is God's incarnate word. He's the word incarnate, the word become flesh. So we realize when Jesus comes into our life, notice what Jesus says about himself. 
he says the following. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father except by me. And this is the beautiful thing about Easter. This is what we're going to look at today. When Jesus says, come to the Father, it means we have the opportunity to return to God. So God's original plans and purposes that he has for your life are put back on track. And we realize that this is the beauty of Easter. This is what Jesus has made possible. And so there are two things we look at in Easter. We look at the life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So this is what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at, so what does Jesus return us to? And it's a relationship with God. And we're going to break it down a little bit differently today. And hopefully that will really help. The reason being is I want you to understand as we come to Easter, it is a celebration of our victory. It is not a celebration of defeat. It is a celebration of our victory. And we're going to look at all the things that that victory brings into play. And so Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. That means by me, through me, you return to the Father. Your relationship with God is restored. And this is what we're going to look at today. And this is what we really should look at. Uh, this is what we're looking at, um, especially for Easter week. And so, ladies and gentlemen, let's go, we're going to dive in. And so it's going to be a little bit different tonight. And this is how we're going to do it. We're going to look at the original instructions that God gave to you and I when he created us. He, he put together, he told us this is who, this is what he wants us to be, but this is what he intends to do. And so I'm going to ask you to come with me. And so we're going to look at what Jesus has achieved in the context of what God said to you and I originally. And by the end of tonight, by God's special grace, I want you to realize that this is your victory week. Easter is a celebration of God's victory in our lives and it changes everything. And ladies and gentlemen, this is what it means to be new. And that's why the last few weeks that you've had have been such an amazing journey. And so it set us up lovely. And so please turn in your Bible, come with me to the book of Genesis, and if you could turn to chapter one, I will read from 26 and I will stop at 28. Um, and I will also, I'll read it in, I'll read it in the King James version of the Bible. And then I might read it again in at least verse 28 in other versions of the Bible, but we'll start with, we'll go with the King James version of the Bible to start with. Genesis 1 verse 26 says the following. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. That's verse 27. Now, verse 28 is key. The reason verse 28 is key is this is where God now speaks to his creation, you and I, and he details, this is what I've created you to do in a general sense for all of us, this applies to everybody. And so we're going to look at that. So when Jesus says, no man comes back to the father, this is what he's putting back on track. And so we'll start. Genesis 1.28 says the following, and God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea 
and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And so we realize these are God's original instructions to you and I. And so we're going to have a look at them one by one and you'll realize that Jesus makes each part of the instructions that God gave us at the beginning, he makes them possible. And so being in Christ is the most remarkable thing you can imagine. You are such a victor. You're not a victim, you are a victor. So let's have a look. And so the first thing that God says is, and God blessed them. And so what does a blessing mean? And so if you were to look at what a blessing means, blessed means the, the actual Hebrew word for a man in relation to God, it means to bow in reverence, to as you would kneel before Her Majesty the Queen or the um, or royalty. But on God's part, it's where God reaches down and transfers a part of himself to confer ability, a title, or royalty to you and I. And that's what it means. He said, I've blessed you. And the blessing makes all the difference. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what we want to realize is the first thing that God says is, and God blessed them. Now, what we're going to look at is how did Jesus make that a reality once again? And that's the first step of our journey, um, looking at what Jesus did through Easter. And it's this. Kindly turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11. Verse 28. Matthew 11, verse 28. And this is what the Bible says. Jesus is speaking and he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so we realize that Jesus says, come unto me, all of us that are laboring and are heavy laden. That means you are struggling under a burden that you and I cannot carry, or you're doing something that is almost forced. You're doing things outside of your natural skill set. So you find yourself laboring. It's, it's extremely difficult. Um, there are a variety of examples. And Jesus says, for those of you that are laboring, you're trying to get this done outside of the abilities of God. It's a challenge. You're trying to get life done without the help of the Almighty. And he says, I will step in. I'm going to pause there, ladies and gentlemen. It's 714. And we're going to take our declaration. And our declaration is as follows. You will be most familiar with it by now. Oh, Lord, we are your people called by your name. We humble ourselves, we pray. And we seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins and heal our land. In Jesus' name, we pray. We declare our land is healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we realize, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody said, amen. Amen. We're getting lots of amens in the chat. What you realize is when God created you, he blessed you. He literally conferred on you an ability that is his so that when you step into the world you are are definitely gifted so that the blessing makes things possible um and it's the same way as if somebody was to confer upon you a title that carries with it authority and that's the title yeah. that makes things happen 
And so, ladies and gentlemen, you begin to realize that that's that's what Jesus is. That that's what God did at the beginning. Now, Jesus says, because of the fall, because of sin, we've now tried to do life without God. And He says, "You are laboring and are heavy laden." But let me see if I can show you what I'll, I'll we'll look at two scriptures to make when the Bible says a blessing. We'll look at it and we'll make it clearer. One of them is found in, let's look at um, the book of Psalms. Come with me, ladies and gentlemen, and I'll put this into the chat. Psalms 103. We're going to read from, we'll, we'll read from one because it's great. Um, Psalms 103. Okay, I'll read from one. The Bible says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction and crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. And then the Bible says, who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle. Now, let me pause there. Verse four is really interesting. So I'm going to read verse four in the Amplified Classic to drive, to, to explain this. The Bible says, um, it's the Amplified Bible, the classic, the Bible says, who redeems your life from the pit and corruption, who beautifies, dignifies, and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what that means is the Lord confers on you crown, dignity, beauty. He confers it on you the very same way as if somebody conferred a title. With that title comes ability and resources. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we realize when the Bible says God blessed you, he gave you rank. He gave you title. He gave you ability. He gave you something that might be invisible to others, but once they realize you've got it, it makes all the difference. Because, and so you, this is what he did. Jesus says, come unto me, all those of you that are laboring on our heavy laden, that means you are going through life literally without the ability or the effect of a blessing. And he says, I will give you rest, meaning I will restore to you the gift, the abilities, the grace, and that which God has conferred on you that will make all the difference. And that's the first thing we realize. The Lord says, and God bless them. Ladies and gentlemen, please remember, you are blessed. Now, in Christ, the blessings of the Lord. Now, the blessings make things happen. That means it's what you are carrying and the person that enforces it that makes things happen. So where others find it difficult, the blessing will make a way for you. And so I'll let me let me show you how Jesus did that. Look, we'll look at two scriptures. The first one, ladies and gentlemen, remember, this is God's original plan for you. This is what Jesus made possible. Come with me, please, to Galatians chapter three. And I'm going to read verses 13 and 14. And the Bible says the following. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Then verse 14 says, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. That means, ladies and gentlemen, because of what Jesus has done, any limitation, any curse, anything that's hampered you, anything that holds you back, anything that has caused you to labor 
and struggle. The Bible says it has been lifted and in its place, there is a blessing. And the blessing on Abraham, remember, the blessing made things happen. And that's what Jesus Christ has granted to you and I. You, ladies and gentlemen, are blessed. You have been given a divine ability to do and achieve something simply because God determined that to be so. That means you can do things. And the, the way I put it is, there's certain things you can do, quote unquote, without effort. It means it comes to you naturally. It's an endowment. It's a gift. It is a blessing. And the Bible says Jesus makes that come back into reality. And that's the beauty of walking with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we realize that one of the first things that Jesus brings back is the fact that the blessings that the Lord has put upon you they now begin to manifest because you are in Christ. Last scripture on this, and then we will move on. And I want you to please remember, this is the first thing we spoke about. The original instructions that God has given you, the first thing that God said is you're blessed. You're blessed. Turn with me, please, to Revelations chapter 5. Revelations 5, verse 12. The Bible says, speaking about Jesus Christ, the following, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory. And then the last one is this, and blessing. That means the blessings that God placed upon your life from day one, are now in the hands of your savior, Jesus Christ. So when you are now in Christ, the blessings that God has planned for you and made literally designed you for, they come alive once more in Jesus Christ. And that is quite remarkable. And it is the blessing the blessings of the lord that makes the amazing things happen and that means ladies and gentlemen this week through our lord and savior jesus christ we remember that god's original plans and purposes for you are possible and will be fulfilled because jesus said we will do it together the blessings are now in the hands of your benevolent savior. And what that means, ladies and gentlemen, is whatsoever God designed you for, whatsoever God planned you for, he has sealed it in our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. That means you are no longer doing it alone. It is now in the hands of a benevolent savior and who you are and what you are is free to manifest. This really is a new season for us. And I really hope that that rings, um, resonates for you as we come to, into this Easter week. So that's the first thing. So let's go back to Genesis 1 verse 28, which is our base verse. And let's look at the second thing that God said. Genesis 1 verse 28. And so the first thing is, and God blessed them. So ladies and gentlemen, you are blessed. That's the original state the second thing we realize that we are returned to is this and god said unto them now this is the beauty of our relationship with jesus christ the word of god makes all the difference and so what i want you to realize is what come what did jesus make possible through his life ministry sacrifice and what we're going to talk about that um just towards the end because we're coming we'll, we'll that will look towards easter sunday when jesus that we we commemorate jesus is rising from the dead which is absolutely amazing but what else so the bible says and god said unto them the second thing that god gave you is his word Ladies and gentlemen, please understand the difference in anything you are going through is that God 
speaks to you. He speaks to you through through his word. He speaks to you through, um, he speaks to you on, on, on a podcast. He speaks to you from a sermon, but hear me well. He speaks to you when you sit down and study the Bible. But please remember, the difference maker is that God speaks to you. The beautiful thing, and this is one of the things, and this is the scripture that, um, for those of you that were here last week, that Pastor Doc led us through, which is Ezekiel 36. Notice the, the beautiful part, reading from verses 25 to 28, where the Lord says, I will wash you clean, and I'll, I will literally give you a new heart, and I will place, give you a new heart, I'll take the stony heart out of your flesh, I will put... And, and I'll give you a new heart of flesh, then I will give you a new spirit. Then the Bible says, and I will put my spirit in you, in your heart. And so in your new heart, Jesus gives you a new heart. The Lord says, I'll place my spirit. The beautiful part of that is that the Holy Spirit now can once more speak God's word directly to you so at any point in time you can hear god's word two scriptures we'll look at and remember it's jesus that made this possible and so please turn with me to john chapter 14 uh, john chapter 14 and we'll start John chapter 14, and actually I'll read from 16, John chapter 14, verse 16, and I will read that, the Bible in basic English. John chapter 14, reading from verses 16, and the Bible says the following, and I will make prayer to the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of true knowledge, that spirit, the world is not able to take to its heart because it sees him not and has no knowledge of him. But you have knowledge of him because he is ever with you and will be in you. I will not let you be without a friend. I am coming to you. That's Jesus speaking. So Jesus says when God sends the Holy Spirit, that's he's literally it's Jesus coming back to you and I and in spirit form. So that means the Holy Spirit, he will tell us literally. So we have somebody who can speak God's word straight to our hearts. And then let's go to verse 26. Verse 26, speaking about the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the following, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will be your teacher in all things and will put you in mind of everything I have said to you. Ladies and gentlemen, the difference in our lives is when God speaks his word to us. The Holy Spirit comes and he teaches us. This is what the Lord says. And so all of a sudden, the second thing that Jesus made possible from the original instructions is that once more, you and I can hear clearly the word of God, both the written and what God is saying from heaven. That means things that he will speak into your heart because you need to know that. That's the second thing we realize. So where in the original instruction, God said unto them, the difference maker is the word of God. It, it, it's, it's, the, it's the word of God that transforms. And so please remember what we said. So we realize that God's spoken word produces the freedom. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. Please turn in your Bibles and I will turn to, um, 
to John chapter 17, verse 17, just so we understand what the word of God is. And it says, the Bible says, make them holy by the true word. I'm reading from the Bible in basic English. Your word is the true word. So ladies and gentlemen, when the word of God comes into your life, God literally recreates himself in your life. He makes you holy. He, the Bible says in the old King James says, sanctify them through thy word, through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And so we realize the second thing that Jesus makes possible is that we can once more hear the word of God. And that makes all the difference because when God's word comes into your life, it transforms you and I to be like Jesus Christ. So that's the second thing we're looking at tonight. And so we realize that Jesus has made two things possible. Number one, that the blessing that God has placed upon you, he's made it possible. Number two, that the catalyst for all that God has planned for you comes back into your life. And that is the word of God. Now, there's one other scripture that I want us to look at just to close that out. Um, and it, it's a beautiful one. It's... Psalms 107, verse 20. Psalms 107, verse 20. And it says the following. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Ladies and gentlemen, the difference in anything you are going through. The difference is that the word of God is spoken, whether that be a promise or whether that be something God says to you um, that you can hear, whether that be by prophecy, whether that be by sermon, whether that be by podcast, by whatever, you, all it is is that God speaks to you. All of a sudden, things will change. And so, ladies and gentlemen, that's the second thing that Jesus has made possible. He's made possible that the blessing, that's the ability that you can do the amazing things that God has planned. He's made that possible. The second thing is he speaks. What does that do? The Bible says it saves you. The Bible says it changes you. The Bible says it makes you into who God wants you to be. That's the second thing we look at. Now let's look at the rest. So let's go. We're going to, I'm looking at the time. I'm going to zoom forward and I will take questions. Um, so let's look at the other four things that God said. These are the original plans that we realize Jesus Christ has made possible in our lives. So number three, the Bible says, be fruitful. The Bible says, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, and then he said, be fruitful. It is God's intention that you and I bear fruit. We're going to look at two scriptures that we realize that Jesus, and this is, this, this is one of the beautiful things about um, studying the Bible. You realize that there are things that Jesus has said that help you understand other things that are written in the Bible. And this is one of them. And so the Bible says, this is what Jesus says. Please turn in your Bible to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, and I'm going to read from 1, John chapter 15, and let's keep this in mind. And so it's the third thing that Jesus makes possible. It is fruitfulness. When the Bible says bear fruit, we'll look at that now. The first one is this. So let's look at this. John chapter 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman, the farmer. And every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. 
Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can you except ye abide in me. Verse 5. I am the vine and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same, bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. I'm going to keep going. If a man abide in me, he is, if a, a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Verse 8, herein, that means in this particular thing, herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Pause for a moment. The Bible says that, let me go to verse 5. Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. If you abide in me, and if you abide in me, you will bring forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So let's settle something. Ladies and gentlemen, whatsoever Jesus, God has asked you to do, Jesus says, if you abide in me, it becomes possible. That's Please hang on to that. Someone needs to hear that. I'm not sure who you are, but somebody needs to hear that. That whatever God has asked you to do, Jesus says, if you're in me and I'm in you, then it's, it's going to become possible because of me. That's absolutely amazing. But notice verse seven says the following. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. And the Bible calls that bearing fruit. That means in any situation you find yourself, Jesus says, if you abide in me, that means if you stay, if you walk with me, if I am your Lord and Savior, if you stay in me and my words remain in you, when you make a request, the request will be granted. The Bible says in that place, you and I bear much fruit. Because when the requests you make come from the word of God, it means the will and intention of God for wherever you are or whatever you're going through is what becomes paramount. And Jesus says, that is when you bear much fruit. When what you say, God can back up and make happen. That's what the Bible says about you bearing much fruit. Now, the beautiful thing is this. Think about it. That means when you open your mouth in prayer, irrespective of what you are going through, Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask exactly what you will, because the words will shape your hopes, your desires, your dreams, and your aspirations. And the Bible says, God will grant it to you in any situation you find yourself. And this is something I want you to begin to really remember. This is how God wants you to bear fruit. He wants you to literally, in any situation, introduce his will into that situation. That's what it means. He wants you to bear fruit. The second thing about fruit that I want you to realize that Jesus has made possible is please turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter five. We will look at verse 22. This is how the Lord wants us to bear fruit. So the first one is what you say when you speak in prayer, God is able to back it up because it is his will and intention originally. The second place that we bear fruit is found in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And the Bible says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law, meaning, when we allow the fruits of the spirit, 
That means we begin to reproduce the fruits of the spirit in our actions where love becomes who we are, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. The Bible says that's fruit. And God said, be fruitful. So ladies and gentlemen, the, the, the next thing that Jesus makes possible is that Jesus makes it possible for you to be the person that God has designed you to be. And that person will change the world you're in. And so ladies and gentlemen, remember what the, Jesus said. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask whatever you will. I want someone to take that to heart today. And the Bible says, God is pleased when you bear fruit. That means when you make those kind of statements, God is pleased. He is pleased to bring them to pass. Let me put that into another scripture so that it really helps. Turning your Bibles, ladies and gentlemen, to Mark 11, 22, and we'll read to 24. And Jesus says the same thing again, but he uses different words. And Jesus answering, saith unto them, have faith in God. That's have the God kind of faith. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Pause for a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, notice what Jesus says first. He says, have faith in God. That means have the God kind of faith. Where does that kind of faith come from? Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when your prayers, your declarations, your decrees, your hopes, your aspirations, the things that you imagine, the things that you speak over your life are sourced in God's word, Jesus says that's the kind of fruit that God wants to see and he'll back you up. And then if you speak to a mountain, no matter how big the mountain is, because of God's word on your inside, because what you are saying is God's intention, God's will and God's plan, God will back it up. And all of a sudden things will begin to change. And I really hope that happens for somebody on, on this particular call and whoever is listening. That is what Jesus says. He says the ability to bear fruit. That means you will say something and God will be able to back it up. God will be kind. So that's what we're bearing fruit. So let's go to the next one. The next thing we want to look at is multiply. I'm deliberately going forward, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'm deliberately going forward because we'll wrap this up today. So let's wrap this up. The next thing that Jesus makes possible in the original instructions that God gives to man is multiply. And the Bible says that Jesus says, and the, the Bible says in Genesis 1.28, after he says, be fruitful, we've worked that out now. He says, and multiply. Multiply, by definition, ladies and gentlemen, it means to reproduce, yes, but it also means to make something else fruitful. And so we realize to multiply, that means to cause something other than yourself to become more than it is multiply and so how do we multiply and that's one of the most beautiful things two scriptures i'd like us to jump on really really quickly um and so two scriptures that i'd like us to jump on and the first one is acts chapter 1 verse 8 and ladies and gentlemen i'd like to read it Notice, this is something else that Jesus makes possible. The ability to multiply. Acts 1, verse 8. And I'm going to read it from the Amplified Bible. And the Bible says the following. But you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends, the very bounds of the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, how do you cause something else to multiply? You put literally 
life into that thing, whether you feed it with water, whether you create an environment for it to grow in. And so we realize that when the Bible says that you are there to multiply, it means to cause something or someone else to be fruitful so that they come to where you are and they can do all the things that you and I can do. And so that's what it means to multiply. But let's have a look at an example of multiplication. Please come with me. Remember, Jesus said that after the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you will receive ability, efficiency, and might, capacity, so that you may be a witness for Christ. What does a witness do? A witness is able to prove what he is saying. He has proof. He can be questioned. He can be tested. It doesn't change because he's telling the truth. And he can say, yes, I can verify this particular thing is true. So that's what it means to multiply. Let's have a look at that in action. John chapter four. Pretty famous verse. John chapter four. I would love to read the whole thing, um, but we don't really have time tonight. Jesus has an amazing conversation with the, the Samaritan lady at the well. And we're going to pick up the story from verse 28. He's spoken into her life and he literally has changed her. She's no longer ashamed. She's no longer afraid. She steps into who she is. Now listen to verse 28 and I'll read down to verse um, I'll read down and you'll see where the story goes. The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, come and see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him saying, master eat. But he said unto them, I have meat that you know, ye know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, hath any man brought him to eat? Let me, um, let me skip forward, ladies and gentlemen, to verse 39. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, he told me all that I ever did. Verse 40, so when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them. And he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word, and said unto the woman, now we believe not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves and know that this indeed is, this is indeed the Christ, the savior, Christ, the savior of the world. Pause for a moment. What had the woman done? Notice when God pours his life into you, he's going to send you to others to pour that life into them, to draw them to him. That's what it means to multiply. And ladies and gentlemen, when you step into who God has made you, when, and this is what Jesus makes possible, when he causes the blessings, the abilities, the skills, the gifts, the callings on your life to become a reality, what will happen? You will cause other people to become fruitful whether that, in whatsoever way you do it, whether that be by baking cakes, being kind, being a counselor, being somebody famous, being somebody rich, or just simply being somebody's mother or auntie. So what am I saying? This is what it means to multiply. It means to cause someone else to become fruitful. That means you are able to witness Jesus into somebody else's life so that they can come into a relationship with God and then their life and the lives of everybody around them change. That's what it means to multiply. And ladies and gentlemen, how does that happen? Through your relationship with Jesus Christ. It was the lady's conversation with Jesus that released who she was, that led her to go and change the lives of the people that she was afraid of before. Ladies and gentlemen, so may it be with you. From this particular Easter, may God send you to be a blessing wherever it be, in your school, in your office, whether it be at just so that you can cause somebody else to multiply. How? By being a witness for Jesus. 
Remember what Jesus said in the, in the previous one. Keep this in mind. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, what's going to happen? Whatever you pray for will be granted. Somebody will be blessed because you say something great into their life. Let's go to the, the next one. We've got two more to go. And the next thing that Jesus makes possible, the Bible says, after it says multiply, it says replenish the earth. Replenish means to replace something that was missing. And now let's keep this in mind. And let's really keep this in mind. What is missing in the world around us? What's missing in our offices, in our schools, in our families? What's missing in our lives? Ladies and gentlemen, it is always God. When God is introduced into any situation, it's going to get better. And so the Lord says, I'm sending you to replenish the earth. That means to replace what is missing in those various circumstances. So let's see how Jesus makes it possible. Turning your Bibles to John chapter 14, reading from verses 12. John 14. And we're going to read from verse 12. And this is what I'll read from the King James Version of the Bible. The Bible says the following. Verily, verily, I say unto you, this is Jesus speaking. He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my father. Pause for a moment. What I want you to realize, ladies and gentlemen, is when the Bible says replenish, that means replace what is missing in any situation, God wants you to introduce him into the situation and the situation will change. And this is what Jesus then goes on to say. Jesus then says from verse 13, the following. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand that you now have a relationship with God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. One of the blessings of that is that when you come into a situation whether that be in your town, whether that be on your street, whether that be in your school, the Bible says you can ask for something in Jesus's name and Jesus will make it happen. That means, ladies and gentlemen, you replace what is missing. In any situation you find yourself, don't panic. Pray first. Any situation you find, somebody going through trouble, you are going through trouble, friend, relative, whatever, pray first. Now, we don't always do that, Nikes, and I'm, I'm just like that. Sometimes I'll do everything else, and I'll say, you know what, let's just pray about it. And all of a sudden, once you pray, things will begin to change. And this is what the Bible means to replenish, to replace what is missing. And what is missing in any situation is God. A couple of scriptures I want you to write down because we're running out of time. I'll just um, please write them down. Romans chapter eight, verse 14. The Bible says they that are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That means, ladies and gentlemen, in any situation, let the Holy Ghost guide you. Because when that happens, as you step into that situation, God steps in with you, wherever that may be, whether it be dire or whether it be amazing, God will step in with you. And so, ladies and gentlemen, that's what it means to replenish. So let's go to the last one as we close. The last one that the original instructions that you and I have been given, the last one is subdue the earth. And subdue means by virtue of your greater knowledge or connection to any kind of ability, you are able to sub cause fruitfulness to come where fruitfulness was not expected. And one of the beautiful things, and this is why I wanted to get here really quickly, and, and, and forgive me if I've run a little bit fast. Jesus demonstrated this at the highest level, and this is what I want us to look at. 
please turn in your Bibles to John chapter 10. John 10, and we'll read from verse 17. How do you subdue evil? This is how Jesus did it. The Bible said, therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. Jesus said to stop evil. I'm going to do something no one can predict. I'm going to sacrifice my life. I'm going to lay my life down to pay the price of sin for everybody else. The Lord says I can do it. And the Lord says, once I do it, he will bring me back to life. This is the beautiful thing about Easter. I want you to remember this about subduing evil. Jesus said, I will do what God says. And it will be something that the kingdom of darkness cannot stop. And ladies and gentlemen, how do you subdue? Do what the word says, even if it's costly to you. Because Jesus said, I can lay my life down and I can pick it back up. The kingdom of darkness never expected anybody to do that. And the Bible records it in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, that if they had known what was going to happen, they would never have killed Jesus or let him die. And how do you subdue? You do what the word says, but more than likely it will involve a sacrifice. It will mean saying sorry when you're not necessarily wrong. It will mean keeping quiet sometimes when you really have a right to freak out. It will mean doing what the word says, following an instruction. And this is what you must realize. When you obey the word of God like that, it subdues evil. And there's one, I mean, I'll give you a simple example because we're running out of time. The Bible says a quiet word turneth away much wrath. That means when you're in faith with great anger, when you speak quietly, you realize you subdue. Not responding to your children in anger, not responding to your boss in anger. That's where you see the fruits of the spirit, where you keep believing when everybody else has given up, when you realize that I can make a noise, but you know what, I'm not going to. And you begin to realize that in those places, the Lord is seen because of your restraint, because of your walking with the word of God. It's called subduing. Evil and darkness will always be subdued by light, love, and good. And it may cost you something, but just like Jesus Christ, and then as we come to Easter, this is what I want you to remember. Although it may cost you something temporarily, God's reward will make sure you lose nothing in the long run. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what we realize is in any situation that we face, because we really have run out of time, that Jesus has made possible for you and I to do and be exactly what God planned for in the beginning. You are not a victim, ladies and gentlemen. You are a victor. This is your victory week. And I want you to celebrate it like that as you remember what Jesus has done, as you acknowledge his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection, because without the resurrection, the sacrifice would have meant nothing. I want you to realize that the original plans and purposes that God has planned for you are now possible and are working bang on track because of what Jesus has done. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to stop there for this evening. Let's say a prayer as we close. Father Almighty God, we ask in the name of Jesus that as we close out tonight,
we pray that all the benefits and all the blessings of Easter, everything that Jesus did, everything that he planned for, everything that you intended to come to us through him, may this week and in this season, may it become a reality. We join our faith in prayer with every single person, Father, who is believing you for a miracle, believing you for a breakthrough, believing you for hope. Father Almighty God, we ask, we ask in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that you bless them and keep them. Eternal Rock of Ages, we give you thanks, praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Happy Easter. May God be kind to you in all ways and in all things.